This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. It is Thursday morning, and you know what that means. That means we bring back the one and only Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? Uh, as I said before, I am super tired because I woke <laughs> up in the middle of the night worrying about this deal I'm working on and uh, couldn't get back to sleep. So I'm, I'm going on fumes and it's only, you know, 1030 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you got this. You'll be just fine. But yeah. When, when you work on deals, you know, they, they, they sometimes can wake you up. So uh, yeah, that's the, you know, that's the downside of real estate deals. You know, you're dealing with millions of dollars and then in the middle of the night, something occurs to you and you're like, did ah. I cross that T or not? You know, yeah. and then you're like, okay, I can't fall back to sleep until I hear back from my lawyers who are of course <laughs> asleep. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, uh, one of the things I wanted to do today is you put out a post uh, that I actually read through twice now on your, uh, on your Facebook group. So let, let's give the, the name so others can follow it. But basically saying that you, Jonathan Twomley are more afraid of deflation than inflation. Now you use the word crash instead of deflation, but really as we sit here today and we look out in the future, we're trying to make money decisions. Jonathan, you are more afraid of deflation than inflation. Let's talk about why. Okay. Well, the first, the first reason is just sort of like what happens during deflation as opposed to what happens during, mm-hmm. during inflation, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yes, inflation uh, means that your money becomes less worth less over time. Right, that's the, your, your, the value of your money is eroded, mm-hmm. uh, but the money itself doesn't disappear, right? So you still, you start out with $100, you still have $100, but, you, uh, but your $100 is gonna be worth 97 or 95 or whatever. Yeah, it, something whatever less. In real terms, right? Mm-hmm. Deflation, however, means that, well, if you have cash, that's great. Well, actually, on, on the inflation side, I'm sorry. On the inflation side, if you own assets, that means your assets are gonna go up in value. Right, so correct. It's good. The opposite is true for deflation. When deflation, uh, when that happens, well, if you've got cash, that's great because your cash, mm-hmm. you know, you're a hundred bucks today, and in real terms, it's worth one hundred and two dollars tomorrow, or, or next year, or whenever it is. Uh, but if you have assets, oh boy, like Ooh. your yeah. your money will disappear. Like so, your asset that was worth a hundred bucks maybe you're worth $75 and it doesn't take a year for it to happen. Mm-mm. It happens pretty much overnight. And then the issue really becomes like, can you hold out long enough for it to for, come back yeah. for the for it to come back or not? Or are you going to be forced by your debt service or you're going to be forced by, uh, you know, having to refinance uh, yeah. to, to either give up the asset or put in more capital or whatever. So, uh, and, and debt is what makes deflation scary and what makes inflation uh interesting yeah, as, a, as an investor course. because debt means that uh it during a crash what kills you is not the loss of value right it's the loss of value relative to the amount of debt that you have on the property and whether you can service the debt or not correct and so uh the debt can make your portion of it go to zero now if you have say 75 percent 
low into value on your property and you lose 25%, you're at zero. Like mm -hmm. the property may be worth 75% of what it was. Your stake in it is, is now zilch mm -hmm. because you, you bear the first dollar of loss as the equity holder, right? So, so debt is the thing that always kills people in a crash. And that's what killed people in 2007. Correct. Was that they had, in many cases, over leveraged their properties. And now the mm -hmm. reason I'm afraid of a crash is because we are seeing, as you and I have talked about quite a lot, uh, we are seeing a lot of over leveraging of properties in a new way, right? The banks don't let you put more than 75% equity on, I'm sorry, debt on property. They don't let you put subsequent, you know, uh, additional layers of debt on property. So people are doing it in a kind of roundabout way, either by putting preferred equity mm -hmm. in their loans to get effectively get the leverage higher, or they are uh, using a lot of interest only to, they can't get more proceeds, but it's like having, you know, more debt on the property because you don't, you know, it's, it's basically like having more leverage because mm -hmm. you're getting, you're getting, you know, you're getting more better return on your equity as a result of uh, mm -hmm. not having to pay interest for a while. So this is a lot, how a lot of deals are getting done at the moment and it's adding risk to these deals. So I think that, you know, when you have the amount of um, asset inflation we've had over the last year, especially, you just run the risk of uh, like it getting running away, prices yeah. running away, and then people pulling back because they can't afford them anymore. They can't justify the prices. And that's when the whole, when the music stops. Yeah. And yeah. So, so that's what I'm now, that's one reason I'm more, you know, I'm sort of afraid of deflation. But in terms of why I'm not as afraid of inflation, well, there's a couple of reasons. One is that, you know, we, so inflation is, is running hotter than it for a while, for the last few months than it has been for some time. That's, mm -hmm. that's absolutely true, right? This is running at five to 6%, which you know, we haven't seen in about 30 years or so. Uh, however, if you kind of look at what, what happened before this, you know, after 2007, when every central government in the world just threw money at everything, mm -hmm. People were screaming, oh, we're going to have inflation. The gold bugs, bugs went nuts. The price of gold went up. Mm -hmm. and, and then what happened? No inflation. They, okay. couldn't even, they, they couldn't even hit their 2% targets that right. central banks had for inflation. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, the reason for that was because there were all these huge deflationary pressures on the economy in the, in the form of outsourcing. Technology. And technology, and, et cetera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? So, yeah. Uh, now we definitely have um, inflation, but it's mostly because people are buying stuff like crazy. They're also getting paid more, mm -hmm. and we've got these bottlenecks in the economy that have, you know, that as things have come out of COVID, like they just couldn't respond fast enough, right? For mm -hmm. so that's just basically basic supply and demand stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You also there's 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 beginning to be some evidence now that. Uh, there's a lot of price like price gouging going on, or companies using this five percent inflation to jack prices up like 30 percent, mm. right? So, um, I actually saw this going clothes shopping. I, I don't know if you know this. I lost a lot of weight recently. I decided to take care of myself, so I had to go buy a whole bunch of clothes. And I went to a place where you know 
jeans are always priced basically always thirty nine ninety five, right? Okay. Went there forty nine ninety five, right? Now that's that's a twenty yeah. percent increase in in the price when we have five percent inflation, right? Mm-hmm. So the, that's just one data point. But I mean, I was actually reading about this the other day that there it seems like there are a lot of places that are like, hey, we can raise prices because everyone thinks this is you know this will. So mm-hmm. the raising prices by a lot more than inflation, but that's just going to make inflation higher, right? Of course. The raising price spiral, yeah, yeah. So, so that my view continues to be that this is this is temporary, and when the when the bottlenecks are worked out, we'll kind of go back to where we were. And the but the other thing too that we have to be concerned about is um, just demographically, right? Yeah. Demographically, we're kind of the growth the population growth in the United States is is slowing down, and that is going to have a big impact on the economy. And that's kind of, you know, we've talked about the similarities with Japan uh, and China, but I mean, we also have a demographic, I wouldn't say time bomb like China has, but we have a demographic certainly like, I don't know, downward slope uh, that we're heading into. And um, I I think that also adds to more deflationary pressures as well. So Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not that concerned about uh, inflation, but I, I do think that like, you know, two years ago, I thought we were overpriced in the property market. Now, mm-hmm. like, you know, now 2019 looks like a bargain. Yeah. And, um, and that is, uh, I think that's a big issue. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that kind of, I want to tie this together. Because again, I do this show one rental at a time, and I, I'm always telling people what I'm doing in my business. So first and foremost, I think it was you and I talked like six months ago, it might have even been nine months ago, that I personally was seeing behavior in the multifamily space, at least in the debt structure, that was very similar to residential in, in 06, 07. It was just a bad debt structure that was destined to blow up. Mm-hmm. Now, just like residential, it took time, right? It took about two years, right? Because there was a very common two and 28, right? Two years at 1.9. Mm-hmm. And then after two years, it went to 7.9 or whatever it is. That was destined to blow up because you couldn't refi forever. Mm-hmm. Now we're starting, or I was starting to see like a year ago or nine months ago, kind of the same similar behavior, right? You're getting 70% loan from a bank, then you're layering on this piece and IO here and this and that. And I'm like, that's that eventually is, is, is not going to survive. And that's why I've been telling limited partners or LPs, some of you have done deals and your money's gone. You don't even know it. Um, and the other thing I'm doing in my business is I spent about the last year taking all of my multifamily debt, uh, five and above, right, commercial, and, and getting it on 30-year terms. And some of them I went non-QM and, and paid a higher rate because I'm afraid of where you know this party goes because I don't want to have to refi in an environment where the value is down because I can hold. I want to be able to hold throughout it, right? Some right. of the stuff I bought, like a house I bought for 200 went all the way down to 100. It didn't matter at cash flow. I could hold yeah. it. Right. If I had to refi when it was 120, I didn't want to write that 40K check or lose it. Yeah. Right. So um, I'm seeing the same kind of things. And I think I think the last year or so has been that final. It, I, it, to me, it's a party. Right. It, to me, it's a New Year's Eve party. Everybody was super excited. The, the alcohol was flowing. The music was great. Midnight came. And what happens is, you know, a lot of people leave, but there's always that 20 percent that stay too long. We are in that. That, that stage right now it's like you guys have no idea you can't you're, you're you're stumbling around you don't even know what's going on you're just doing it to do it it's it's bad well there's certainly i mean i'll say this that if you have the multifamily property now 
right? People I'm talking to are getting incredible rent bumps. Oh yeah. In, cer in certain markets. I mean, unbelievable. Like they're just turning apartments without doing renovations and getting three, $400 rent increases. Right. And it, so that, yeah, that is helping it. a lot of people, but that's also justifying paying that's forced, you know, cap rates have compressed even further now mm -hmm. where, you know, we're now, you know, a couple of years ago or even last year when people were talking about multifamily assets, you're trading at a five cap, mm -hmm. they were like, that's crazy, right? Five cap for a C property. Now I'm seeing, you know, five cap being described as a bargain, yeah. right? Where, because the, because things are trading at three caps. And if you're buying stuff at a three cap, believe you me, like you want to be locking in that long-term debt right now. You, and you want to get those rent increases as fast as you can to like stabilize your property at a better cap rate that gives you a little more room, you know, mm -hmm. for when the, the inevitable it, happens. It'll happen. You know, yeah. yeah what, what, you know, in terms of the economy or inflation or what have you, like whatever is going to happen, mm -hmm. there's going to come a time where, you know, everyone says, Oh, there's a housing shortage. There's more demand. There's more demand than there is supply as if, well, that's, a, that is unwavering. That can't change. <laughs> The, the demand can change if there's, a, you know, and we see this happen all this time where if the economy, if something, we, we saw it happen last year, right? Mm -hmm. Where if for some reason people can't afford to pay rent, they will move in with someone else and not pay rent or pay mm -hmm. less rent or move in with their parents or go back to wherever they're from. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, just because there are a lot of people yeah. doesn't mean that they are going to rent, right? So uh, the, the, supply side of the transaction may be more difficult to change but the demand side can change oh, and instantly can move very fast right mm -hmm. so uh just because there is a quote-unquote housing shortage as the way as you know the realtors define it as being like pop the population is x and the number of houses is y and therefore there's a a deficit well that only takes you so far mm -hmm. you know that's that's great when the economy is roaring back, but it's not so great when, you know, there's a recession, which is triggered by who knows what could be mm -hmm. inflation, then and the Fed raising interest rates, right, to, to starve inflation. I mean, we don't know what's going to cost the next one. We haven't had a, a real, yeah. we had this COVID thing, but we haven't had like a real business cycle recession in a very long time now. Yeah, and it's coming, you know, yeah. it's coming. So yeah. yeah, and the last thing I'll say on this topic is, in my opinion, we've proven how we can beat inflation. Right, Paul Varker uh, told showed us how to do it. I don't know that we know how to beat deflation, at least significant deflation. That is a uh, that's a scary concept, frankly. Well, I mean, actually, we did though. I mean, that if you think about, yeah, we did. Okay. I mean, it, that was what Bernanke. So oh, okay. Bernanke, who was a student of the Great Depression and a and a follower of you know Milton Friedman and other people who you know basically said that the problem with the depression was the lack of liquidity. Correct. Right. So so when the great when the great recession happened mm -hmm. bernanke and the other you know the other heads of central banks around the world got together and they said we have to get ahead of mm -hmm. the lack of liquidity okay by pumping a ton of money into the system mm. and that's the same thing that they did last year too okay. right because that was the fear and i mean remember we talked about this you know we talked about the well at least i know i remember writing about this where that the Fed, as soon as COVID hit, everyone dropped interest rates to zero. And the reason was because they were very afraid that all of our over-leveraged corporations yeah. 
the, if they had any slowdown in business, yeah, and cash flow to, hiccup. Yep. Yeah, and they had to service their debt at high, mm -hmm. which is variable at high interest rates, they were going to all go bankrupt. Yep. Right. So, so they they slashed rates to nothing to basically stave off a wave of corporate bankruptcies. Okay. Uh, and so, so we we do know how to. We, we, I mean, we've seen examples of Japan where they just haven't been able to do it, but that's, they're also hit that, I think it's the deflation plus the population decline. Oh, the combination. Really yeah. hard to defeat, but I mean, you can pump the okay. system full of money to, and increase liquidity. However, I mean, at some point you pay the, you pay the price, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, very cool, Jonathan. We got two more exciting topics. How can people follow you? So you can join my Facebook group and see these posts for yourself. Uh, it's called the Multifamily Investment Community. So just uh, come on by on Facebook, drop in there, say hello. Uh, and if you would like to invest with me, we actually have a deal going on right now that you can invest in if you are an accredited investor. So please Google Two Bridges Asset Management and fill out the investor form uh, and I'll be in touch. Very cool. Thanks, Jonathan.